wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. And comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Welcome into the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Stiles, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about the new rule changes for baseball this season and also continuing our division preview series as we work our way to spring training. The Royals are already in Surprise, Arizona, working out and having pitchers and catchers report and getting back in the swing of things. They'll start their spring training games next week at this time. It is exciting for baseball to be back. So it was made official yesterday right after we finished the podcast, uh, Wednesday's podcast, of what rules would change for this year in baseball. It's kind of what was already rumored and out there. We kind of already knew all this stuff, but just to reiterate for those of you who might not have caught it, uh, the, the roster is going to shift to a 26-man roster. You can only have 13 pitchers, though. That's the maximum amount of pitchers that you can carry, uh, but you will get 26 spots in your roster. Managers only have 20 seconds between plays to challenge a play, so that will kind of speed that process up a little bit. And then the injured list moves back to 15 from the experiment of 10 days that we had last year. So it's back to 15 days on the IL. There's also a three batter minimum for relievers, and this is the one that people don't really like. You can you can say what you want about the injured list. It doesn't really matter. 15 days, 10 days. 10 days is a little bit too iffy because you can steal starts from guys who aren't really hurt. Just put them on there, have them miss a start in their, in their order, and then they'll be back. Uh, so I don't care about the IL. Uh, I don't really care about expanding the roster. I would have liked to see them expand it to 26 without any restrictions. You can carry as many pitches as you want to, and you can construct your roster the way you want to construct it. But I I can see what they're doing with the maximum uh, number of pitchers. However, the three batter minimum is just awful. It's not going to speed the game up. It's not going to do what you want it to do if you're baseball. And even if it does speed the game up, okay, even if I'm wrong and it speeds the game up, what's the difference in three hours, two minutes, and 50 seconds compared to two hours, 58 minutes, and 37 seconds? What's the difference there? What's the disparity there between the two numbers? It doesn't really matter. If I can't get you to watch a three-hour baseball game, then I can't get you to watch a two-hour and 58-minute baseball game. You just don't like baseball, and that's okay. Not everyone is going to like baseball. Not everyone's going to like basketball. Not everyone's going to like football. But changing the way the game was fundamentally played, the way the game, taking the, the strategy out of the game of, of having specialists and guys who can handle uh, certain hitters in certain situations and making them go three batters minimum, that's just terrible. And th- that's not a good idea. This is, this is not 
well thought out. Again, you're trying to get a couple minutes shaved off. That way you can say that the pace of play has improved. But it's not going to matter. Five minutes here, three minutes there is not going to make someone who hates baseball right now enjoy baseball. And if we're sticking guys out there in situations that they're going to fail in, there's a reason they're specialists. They wouldn't be specialists if they can go out there and carve up either side of the plate and get you out of innings. They just wouldn't be specialists then. They'd be a good pitcher. So if we're going to put specialists who've been specialists for the last five years, ten years, who's been specialists for the last you know the entire career, if we're going to put them out there and they're going to have to face lefties and righties and then they get shelled, well, we're going to need another new pitcher come in. So it's 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 not going to have the effect people think they that people think that it will. It won't result in one pitcher per inning, unless you face the minimum, which again, right now the the construction of most bullpens includes specialists who can't get you an out on both sides of the plate. It's it's just stupid to me that we're going to have a mandatory three batter minimum. It's just dumb, and I think that. This is not one of those rules that people like me and, and, and baseball purists and baseball fans rant and rave about right now in, in February and then forget about in June. I think that this is seriously a, a bad rule to implement. This isn't a talking point in February as we wait for spring training to start, as we wait for opening day. This isn't a good rule. It's just not. Other than that, though, the rules that, that did pass outside of that one I like. They're fine. So what? I'm okay with it. I'm still interested to see how the robo-umpire works this year in spring training. That'll get going again next week. Uh, The Royals are the first team to play in Major League Baseball. They play Friday against the Rangers. Uh, So that'll be interesting to see what all goes down there. So after the break, let's continue our division series preview uh, as we roll in here before spring training. And we're back on the Lockdown Rose Podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. Tell me what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, how I can improve the show for you. Yesterday, we previewed both Eastern divisions, the AL and the NL East. Today, we're going to preview both of the Western divisions, the AL and NL West. And then tomorrow... On Friday, we will be previewing the AL Central, the NL Central, and giving the full playoff breakdown that I have predicted for MLB prior to the start of spring training. This is all subject to change given injuries, given you know slow starts in spring training, guys that don't really pan out, and yada, 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 all, of, all the variables that can happen in spring training. But this is what I have going into spring training, and we'll see how it alters come March 20th around there is when I'll do the official predictions before the regular season. So in the AL AL West, let's start there. And we have the Astros and A's and Rangers and and Angels and Mariners. And, you know, a lot has been made up about this Astros team. Today, they stepped in it again with their god-awful apology, their god-awful press conference today uh, down there in in Florida. It, It was terrible, okay? It was a terrible press conference. They, they 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 couldn't handle it. They couldn't have handled it any worse than they did. They they proved again that they don't even have a semblance of a PR department in Houston with the Astros. But I still consider them the best team in the West, and that's what makes this cheating scandal to me so much worse than than if it had been 
the Royals or if it had been the Orioles or if it had been the Marlins. Okay, those aren't good teams. Those are teams who are going to lose. And then they cheated to be able to win. The Astros were already the best team in baseball on paper, talent-wise, any way you want to slice it, they were the best team in baseball, and they still decided to get that extra edge. And that's what's so disappointing about this scandal, and it's not going away, folks. I mean, any time that they travel to different parks, any time that they travel anywhere, they're going to get reminded of this by the fans, the players. I mean, I mean, look at this just this week. You had the, the Angels players attacking the Astros this week in the media. A couple weeks ago, you had Whit Merrifield from the Royals attacking the, the uh, Astros. That's the Royals coming at the Astros. Everyone around baseball is upset. This isn't going to go away. This isn't going to die down. But I also don't think it's going to serve as this big distraction that takes down the Astros. I think that the Astros are still a good team, cheating or not. I still think that they're good enough to win the West, and I'm still going to pick them to win the West. I, I love Jose Altuve. I love Alex Bregman. Now, if there was a buzzer involved, I'll, I'll, I'll have a little asterisk here. If there was a buzzer involved in those two players' success, that does damage their career and their legacy. But as of right now, banging on trash cans for me doesn't change their legacy. That is banging on trash cans and, and all that stuff. That doesn't change their legacy. But if there is buzzers, which, which if you are on Twitter, you know that conspiracy is turning more and more into fact in some people's minds. When you have A.J. Hinch going on MLB Network and not saying outright, no, we did not, saying, oh, I don't know. The manager would always know if there was buzzers, folks. That wouldn't be something that surprises the manager of your club. So that's gonna that's a little bit of a concern for me. I'd love to get answers on that. But to pull it all back into the division preview, the Astros are still the best team in the West, and they're going to win the West. Behind them, you know, I still have the A's. I don't think any team, whether it be the Angels or Rangers, did enough to jump up to that two spot. I don't think that the A's did all that much. I don't think that the A's improved at all, really. I think they're going to be about the same team as last year, which was a pretty good team, by the way. But I just don't see that the Rangers or Angels did enough to overcome them. So I'm going to have A's at two. I like the team, but ultimately, they're a good story, not a great team. Rangers I have at third. I, I like the addition of Corey Kluber, if he can turn back into what he once was. I still like that that lineup, Joey Gallo. I still like what the Rangers are doing. I'm going to say that they're going to finish better than the Angels. I still don't like their Angels rotation at all. I think that the the loss of Ross Stripling really hurts them. If, if that trade would have gone through and they get Jock and they get Ross Stripling, I flip-flop the Rangers and Angels. But since that trade didn't go through, I don't think that adding Anthony Rendon is enough. I don't think that adding Dylan Bundy is enough. I don't like that rotation at all. The lineup is getting better. The lineup is improving, especially if you can get Shohei Otani healthy for a full season. But I don't think that that... Angels lineup or rotation is good enough for other anything other than fourth place in the West. And then you have the Mariners in the basement. I, I don't like anything that the Mariners did this offseason. They didn't really do much to improve. They're kind of embracing this rebuild. They're going to try to to get it going here. If you're the Mariners, you've got to find a way to rebuild this roster. Uh, and I think that they do have a, a very good GM in place to do so. Uh, but they're going to end up last in the AL West. So in the AL West... This is a sneaky, fun division to me. This is a, a division that is going to make me stay up for West Coast baseball. Of course, you have the Dodgers, and it's no surprise they're going to be first place. That lineup, top to bottom, is incredible. 
the depth on their roster. You have Chris Taylor and Kiki Hernandez, two guys who would start on most major league clubs, are on your bench right now if you're the Dodgers. You've got to love that lineup. You've got to love it from top to bottom. There's no holes in that lineup whatsoever. That lineup is probably the best in baseball. As for the rotation, it takes a little bit of a step back from last year, but ultimately David Price and, and Maeda is not that far of a drop-off, I don't believe. I know some people are making it out to be a huge drop-off, a huge disparity uh, between the two. I think they're about the same player. Sure, if I got to pick one or the other, I would pick Maeda, but I'm, I don't think that the drop-off is going to change their win total uh, at all, really. I think that just putting Price in that lineup, as long as he can stay healthy, which is a bit of a concern, is if he can stay healthy, give you about 25, 30 starts, they're going to be just fine. They're one of the best teams in baseball. I think it's them or the Yankees for the best for the best record in baseball. I'm going to have the Dodgers winning this division. Now, number two, the second best team in the West, I have the Padres. I love watching the Padres. I love watching Tatis, Machado, Hosmer. You know, that's just in their infield. They have a nice group of outfielders. If they can get McKenzie Gore up there this year, that'll be incredible to watch on the mound. I love this Padres team. I think that they're going to be battling for a wild card spot all year long. Will they get there? That's another question. That, I mean, that, that's a that's a tough one to answer because there's so much competition, especially whenever you look at what we just covered yesterday with the uh, this with the Eastern Division, with whenever you have the Mets and the Braves and the Nationals and the Phillies. I believe someone in that division gets a wild card spot, maybe even two. I think that they're that good of a division out there in the East. The Padres are still a very good team. They could capitalize and get that wild card spot, but I don't know because we haven't even tackled the Central yet. And the Central, of course, is the Brewers and the, and the Cardinals and the Cubs and the Reds. I'm going to say that the Padres fall out of the wild card chase, but they're still a very fun team to watch. D-backs last year, a surprising group, a surprising team, but I think they take a little bit of a step back, kind of regress a little bit to the mean and don't have as good of a year uh, as they did a year ago. Rockies, they're falling and they're falling fast. They once had a promising outlook on their franchise, I believe it with with Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arenado, but I just don't see the Rockies finishing better than fourth. And then the Giants are going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. The Giants have no hope. I don't think they have a a, a semblance of hope this season. They're going to be the worst team uh, in the NL, one of the worst teams in all of baseball. So there you have it for the AL West and NL West previews of their divisions. Again, yesterday we did the East for both sides. Tomorrow we're going to do the Central for both sides and also the MLB playoff preview ahead of spring training. It has been a blast to get here. We started this podcast brand new in January, the very first of January. And now we've made it all the way to spring training. And I cannot wait to keep this going, keep this growing with all of you. Again, the only Royals podcast that is daily. Your team every single day. And we're going to do this all again tomorrow. I cannot wait. Again, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And be good and be good to one another. And we'll see you tomorrow as we preview the AL Central.